1: Hi, I'm Kevin Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Man Say podcast.
2: <laughs> Call the Wise Men Say podcast. All right, wise That's man and then wise men.
1: All right. Hi, just this just is Kevin again. Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Men podcast. <laughs> is that, <all laughs> that right? No, why the Wise Men Say. say no, for sake, like. <laughs> Hello, this is Kevin Ball, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Is that right?
3: Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have a special edition for you today. We are over at the Academy of Light, myself and Gareth, and we are talking to William Donald Greg. Is that right? Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Well,
1: if he in trouble, like
3: your yeah. full name in him.
1: Don't always get uh, introduced
2: as that, but yeah, thanks for joining uh, us. I, like, I like the way you check your, your notepad for his name as well. What well, are got, you doing?
3: I've got notes, I'm not going to know all that. Yeah, no, but you know what his name is. Assuming Wikipedia is right, it is like yeah, 90% right, of right. the time anyway. Maybe we should change it. Does anybody call you William still? You Uh, No, like you less.
1: unless I'm getting told off. No, (laughs) it's just Will. will.
3: So you've been training today then?
1: Yeah, I trained fully today for the first time. Uh, Tuesday was sort of just getting introduced to everything, getting the ankle going. And then, yeah, today was my first full session. How did you find it? Good? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, obviously
3: the lads made it nice and easy. And uh, yeah, the managers managers have been really good. How different is training from club to club? So managers focus more on tactics some just want you to have fun what's it like from club to club and manager to manager
1: yeah really different i don't think i've ever had a manager where you know it's been the same at any club um the first thing i've sort of noticed in this week is just the intensity um the training's very high tempo very full-on high distances the gaffer and all the staff want want you to hit certain targets and uh yeah it, um, i'm sure it gets the best out of players
3: so we're going to talk a little bit about um, just your, your career up to now and you're growing up playing football and stuff like that. Um, we want to start just to settle you into it with a, a quick fire round. You've bre- so been planning this icebreaker for We've days. been planning this for ages and I've just wrote them down before we come in the room, <laughs> which just kind of sums up the way we do things here. Um, so this is just to warm you up, Will. You know? Like, you, know <laughs> you don't want to pull a hamstring and you do you, you warm up before a game. So, just a quick fire, you give me an answer out of the two options Um, Indian food or Chinese food? Indian food. Going out or staying in? Staying in. Lager or wine? Wine. Winter or summer? Summer. Would you rather be a duck sized horse or a horse sized duck? (laughs) Horse sized duck. Nile Quinn or Kevin Phillips? (laughs) Kevin Phillips. Max Power or Reese James? Max Power. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm He didn't even try, didn't try and swerve <laughs> Just that. Just you said
1: it first. I'll be able to talk Gemma around.
3: So <laughs> didn't even try and swerve it, did he? <laughs> um, so you grew up in Solihull? Yeah, I did, right? yeah, yeah. Near Birmingham Where?
1: Yeah, so well, technically it's the West Midlands, but yeah, it's right. uh, Birmingham way. Yeah. So more like <laughs> yeah.
3: West Brom and Wolves territory? No. no it's, no? it's, it's completely different. Different. Is that East Midlands? My oh, wife's yeah. from Redditch. It's not far from Redditch Oh,
2: so there you go. So no, nice. Who
3: did you support growing up?
1: Oh, you've been, like, yeah, you've done your homework. I haven't. Done, <laughs> so, uh, I, ge- no, I genuinely don't I know, know the answer. Know this, this is always though. a stick. Oh, yeah, all right, been, I'll,
3: let's 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 pretend I know this then yeah. Yes, I have done my homework. well <laughs> <laughs> It's a
1: bit of a sticky one. So, my dad brother were always Mad Villa fans. So I was obviously brought up Villa shirts till about seven. Then I signed for Birmingham. Uh, I sort of uh, started to sway, and obviously, there's a bit of a rivalry there. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, just uh, couldn't really have been much worse. But obviously, because I was in the academy going to games and stuff, I sort of swerved over to the Birmingham side and uh, yeah, stuck with them stuck with them for well, a while. We've had a few of those here mm. at Sunderland, I mean, the,
3: the, the Jack Colback situation and all that. Yeah, it's, well, and, then, and then go and pretending you supported Newcastle again all along, <laughs> or whatever it was he did.
2: It's a good job. You maybe didn't make it at Birmingham because there would have been those yeah. pictures going round of Exactly you yeah, as a never kid with the villa top <laughs> yeah, on so. and that would have been Yeah, you it's know.
3: it's inevitable that would have happened. They would've dug out the pictures of you <laughs> in your, in your villa kit when yeah, you were younger. <laughs> Absolutely. So you didn't make um the cut quite at at Birmingham and then you played for Solihull local the college team or was it a non yeah, league team? So
1: so what happened is I didn't get a scholarship at Birmingham so I left at sixteen which is when my uh, love for the club ended. No, I'm in <laughs> Jake. Oh, yeah. So I left <laughs> at 16. Like yeah, Villicat like straight on, <laughs> photos back out. But no, um, then I ended up going to... It was sort of a bad time because obviously most people, teams scholarships allowance were, were full and wasn't many spaces left. So I ended up going into a college scheme at Solihull Technical College, which was half football, half work. Mm. Um, and then the guy who led that was Mickey Moore and he was the manager of Stratford Town and then started playing non-league for Stratford Town at the weekends, and then that ended
3: up, for me, going to Moors. So just back up a little bit before that, what I meant to ask you, um, when you were growing up playing football and you said you were a Villa fan, who were you on the playground when you were playing football? It's um, a good question, actually. I don't know. I never actually... No, I wasn't really that, no. Not even necessarily for Villa? Were you always centre-forward?
1: Yeah, I was always centre-forward, yeah, so I was just
3: sort of running around... Uh, R nine. So somebody from our era, like you would R9, say second forward. You'd say Gary Lineker, but you're younger than us, so Shira. No, don't, say no, that. don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. No, <laughs> Kevin Phillips is just, a good answer. Just R nine. I think that was uh, <laughs> the main one. Um, were there any other of your friends or anything who who made it as pros as well?
1: Um, no, not in my circle. Even from not my school friends, or even when I was at Birmingham everyone who I was there with, there's not one single person playing, so mm. it was
3: a bit of a... So the, so the fact you were a Villa fan and then played for Birmingham so young, did that mean you couldn't really go to the match and be a proper fan as a kid and do all the terrorist stuff where you really get behind your team, or did you do that
1: for um, To a certain extent, yeah, obviously being at academy, you had you got tickets to the games and you obviously were in an allocated section, so it wasn't it wasn't quite the same, I guess, I never... I never did get to, to do it that way, which I guess looking back is, uh, I, I'm guessing I missed out a little bit. So,
3: yeah, but you're doing you do better than most of us yeah, now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably worth it. I
2: mean, <laughs> so when you were playing non league, you must have been about 16, 15, 16 years old. Were you playing men's football at that, at that level? Yeah, so it was really men's well. football.
3: I was 16,
1: yeah, and uh, I've always been sort of this size, I haven't really changed that much. Um, yeah, I used to play at front with a guy called Rory May. who was about six foot eight. He used to do all sort of the hard work, and then I was scoring the goals, which he made it nice and easy for me. But um, yeah, it was—I got thrown at the deep end, to be
3: honest. And it was probably—I've always said—one of the one of the best things that happened to me. Everybody from a different era has a different perception of a football club and stuff like that. So when you're prime footballer supporting age, so when you're adolescents and teenager, and you watch a match of the day, and you're crazy about football. What were your impressions of Sunderland as a football club that time? Who played and what? What are your memories? Um, well,
1: you're sort of going back to Niall Quinn and, like I said, Kevin Phillips all decent is, times. Then that yeah, could have been a lot times. worse, couldn't it? Well, always a massive club. Um, you know, unbelievable. Obviously, got good memories. And you know, it's just <laughs> football's a strange old game. I, th- I guess if you look look back at the sort of Premier League at that time, it, it's very different to, to how it is now. But it was always about scoring goals for you.
3: as a as a, Even as a kid?
1: Yeah, always, yeah. It was always about scoring goals. I managed to do it from, from a young age and it seemed to just stay with me.
3: There's some little niche things, isn't there? You just mentioned what Stephen Elliott was saying to you, Gareth, about how he visualised yeah. the away fans, in particular when we took loads of away fans. I remember Marco Gabidini, who used to play for Sunderland once said that <clears throat> his most favourite sound in the world was when he played away from Rocker Park at the time and you would score and then there would be a slight delay before you could hear the away fans. Cheer in the background, and he says that was just something that I was mm. I found interesting. You used to buzz off that sound. So
2: I mean, what what does I mean? You obviously you <clears throat> had it took you a while to get into things at Warsaw, didn't it? And then you had a, a mm. decent season and got a move to Brentford, um, and then obviously that didn't work out as well. And you went on loan to MK Dons and did really well there. Um, You're just skipping over both three clubs. No, no, I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm, <laughs> tr- I'm, I'm I'm getting to my points. Um, yeah, so scoring goals something that came naturally to you. Like, you know, people talk about natural goal scorers. You said you've always been the same size you were playing non league football essentially. Men's football at sixteen. Were you just scored just it was just you finding yourself in the right place at the right time or is it all was it always a case of I wanna be a goal scorer, I need to work on this, I need to work on that in order to to get the goals I want to score?
1: Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think you've got to have that sort of natural natural sort of instinct. Um you hear people talking about strikers scoring goals, scoring tappings and you know it, it doesn't just happen. It's not just you're always in the right place at the same at, at the right time. It's it's a case of your timing, your movement. It's it's loads of things, and I feel like I've I've obviously worked hard on my finishing and all that sort of stuff and where to be at the right times. But I've, I think I've always had a natural, a natural sort of gift to. To my goal scoring ability and obviously that's uh, it's a good plus bu- good plus to have.
3: Gareth mentioned you played for Walsall there. Yeah. And that was twenty your final season now, twenty goals play of the season. Um you're probably still thinking about playing for Villa at that point because Walsall are <laughs> in the same same area of <laughs> the country, aren't they? It's like when it's like when um, players get released by Sunderland and Newcastle go and play for Harleypool, I guess, <laughs> isn't it? At yeah. 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 But used to do anyway, not mm. anymore. Um, but then you gotta to move to Brentford, like Gareth said, and what, what didn't quite work out for you there.
1: Yeah, no, going back to Warsaw, yeah, I loved it at Warsaw and then like I said, that good season, scored twenty goals and uh that was a it was a difficult decision to make. Um I really enjoyed the manager at the time, it was Dean Smith, obviously now at Villa. Um and he was brilliant with me. He didn't want me to go, but I just felt at the time it was the right thing to do and yeah, I went to Brentford. Um obviously it was a little bit bit of a difficult period. Um I spent a, quite a lot of my time there out on the left wing, which was is not necessarily suited to me, you know. I i had done it a little bit here and there, but it wasn't natural to me and um I think I still played 35 games and obviously in a promotion season as well. So it was, in one way, a successful time. But uh, you know, I, I didn't enjoy it down there, and I think everyone knew that.
2: Did they explain that to you, like me playing, possibly wide? Because obviously you were out of contract, weren't you at Walsall, Yeah. You probably would after that season. You probably would have had some good options on the table. Were there other clubs in for you apart from Brentford? And they said something to you that made you think, "Yeah, I'm going to go there,"
1: or or was it, you know, a, was it a surprise to you that you end up playing wide? Um, yeah, it was always a case of the compensation, just no one knew how much the compensation would be and I think there was a little bit of worry, a little bit of doubt that it was going to be a lot higher than than certain people thought. Um, but at the time, yeah, I, I went to Brentford, it seemed like the right thing to do. I spoke with the manager and you Uwe know, Rosler at the time and it, it sounded great. The club had just missed out losing in the playoff final and uh, like I said, it just seemed the right thing to do. Um, I did start off playing up front, and then uh, I think I got Marcello Trotter in at the time, and he, he started playing really well. Had a good vein of form, and it was he was sort of struggling to drop him and was trying to find ways for me to get in the team because obviously, you know, I was training well, playing well. He just he didn't want to change his formation, and uh, that's that's what sort of led to it, to be honest.
3: And then you go to MK Dons on the lawn and get your mojo back.
1: Yeah, I absolutely loved it, MK Dons. Yeah, uh, Carl Robinson, I went there, started the pre-season and uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, another successful time obviously helped with players like Deli Alley around you and stuff like that. But um,
3: no, I really enjoyed my time there. And then Wigan would come after that, where obviously most people know know you from and a successful goal scoring period there as well. What what's your what's it been like? Your you I mean you said you were shuttling down the left wing there at Brentford, but generally have you played, I know you, you've touched on this with some of the local journalists. Have you generally played up front by yourself, up front with a partner? What do you prefer? How do you prepare for each? Uh, of those situations? Um,
1: yeah, obviously all, all really different. Um, I think in the most successful times, uh, for me personally, I've always played in a one. Um, Warsaw was a 4-2-3-1. MK Don's similar, and that's the same with Wigan. Uh, we, at Wigan, we've sort of floated in a 3-5-2 a at times, but predominantly 4-2-3-1, and obviously that's similar here. So um, it's, a, it's a formation that comes naturally to me. I like to sort of stretch the game Uh, my link up's good I can get hold of the ball but at the end of the day my job's to be in the box so if we've got the three behind me that like interchange and play free-flowing football then it helps me to just stay stay out of it and and stay in the box I mean
3: you get you hear a lot of people say you know play two front and stuff like that don't you but I guess from your generation playing one up front is probably more natural anyway mm-hmm. than, than not doing that because I guess since you've played that's kind of been around anyway that 4-2-3-1 four, four, formation rather than t- when we're talking about going mean, to like Phillips happened. and Quinn and it's all 4-4-2 yeah. four, four, yeah. big man little man up front it, it probably, it probably about, hasn't been like that throughout your career yeah, about yeah. 2007
2: one probably yeah. where it kind of, the one up front start to come in more didn't it yeah. like game. I
1: said throughout my career it's the, there hasn't been much of it and people like to match up and it makes it difficult but yeah, yeah I've not necessarily I haven't played in a four four two for a prolonged period of time I've obviously done it in certain moments in the game where you're chasing a game or for a tactical reason but for me personally I've never set up in a four four two. but that doesn't doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean it couldn't work
3: what's your, been your favorite season as a as a pro so far I know you've had a lot um, where you've scored goals
1: yeah it's difficult uh it's really difficult. I think obviously my last season at Wigan, just because of the success, the way we did it, um, we obviously had big rivals in Blackburn and it was sort of down to the wire at the time. But, um, you know, some, some really good years. The, the MK Dons are my first one at Wigan. And I'd say my last at Wigan, yeah, they, were, they stand out the most just because of how successful it was. And I've only got happy memories from that.
3: Have you ever been in a club before that's had massive media interest? Were you asked to come and do podcasts after signing for a club <laughs> for four days and stuff? Um, not
1: quite no, no, it's uh, it's been very different up here, but something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, obviously when I was at Wigan throughout the sort of Euros and mm. Northern Ireland International sort of stuff, it's uh, that all that all came to the front then. But in terms of uh to the front,
3: that's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I mean um, so so if everybody surely knows this anyway. So you you played for Wigan and then go at the end of that two thousand sixteen season obviously you'd scored a lot of goals. Um, and you're in the Northern Ireland squad, so what, what's your link to Northern Ireland? Uh, my
1: grandfather was uh, born and raised in Northern Ireland, okay. so yeah, it was uh, most of my family lived over there and then obviously made their way over when uh, <laughs> when the trouble sort of arrived.
3: And normally, when you think of how a, a football chant starts, it's in a pub and a few group of lads and they're taking up the terrace and it spreads. Um, but this, this, um, this. Chant that you have, um, Gala, freed from desire, first of all, can you even remember that song? The first Yeah, time I actually around?
1: love that song, yeah, it was a bit, maybe a bit before my time, but yeah, it was a great song. Uh, yeah. yeah,
3: it was 1997 that was out, It was the summer I left school, that's how I know I it. It was earlier than that. <laughs> it was 97, it was the summer I left school because I went to a and it was on all over the place. There. This would make me feel really old, you will have been about six now? Yeah, then, well. six, yeah, <laughs> just, thanks for that. <laughs> no, thank you for that, it's me who feels old. So anyway, this guy posts himself on YouTube, singing it. Um, and it goes viral and then suddenly it's a thing isn't it
1: yeah certainly it's the wonders of the internet it was uh, it was a fan that we knew uh, it was at every game and you, you obviously see the fans about it, get to know them and uh, yeah before you know it I think he'd done a few little videos before <laughs> that of certain little players trial and error yeah trial and <laughs> error basically yeah and then uh, landed on the money with that one yeah <laughs> but no it was just crazy how it all came
3: about and he was actually given a free season ticket by the, the Wigan chairman uh, David Sharp at the time because he said it had brought a much-needed feel-good factor to the club and, and he got a free season ticket. So this was, you know, if you think it's, it got bigger, wigging and then it just kept spreading and spreading and the whole country went at right, soon.
1: soon. Yeah, it was crazy, obviously. It started out just so sort of the East Stand, obviously all the fans saw the video, the East Stand started singing it and then the whole stadium was singing it and, like I said, David Sharp at the time, uh, he, he obviously found it really positive and I think... DJ Cano was uh he was at the training ground getting, you know, signed shirts, meeting the lads and yeah, he certainly made the most of it. But uh like I said it was uh it was brilliant for Did everyone. you get
3: a stick for it of some of your teammates? Uh
1: a little bit, yeah, yeah, I think it's part and parcel of it. You always get a bit of stick, but um, you know, it ended up being for a great cause, so it was good fun. <laughs> and
2: then you got you go. <laughs> So you can be remembered for that song. I'd be remembered for having the same name as a Homer Simpson incarnation. So you know it, you know the you're going to take the make out of somebody for something, it's probably going to be the latter, though, than the former.
3: A similar thing happened at Sunderland, didn't it, with the Peter Reid song in the mid-90s? Cheer up Peter Reid and uh, playing an old uh, monkey song, I don't know if you've heard it, Um, and that charted on that, I think, didn't it?
2: Might have. I
3: don't know. Let's say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, I mean, so then you get called up for Northern Ireland and then it spreads around and then suddenly, in Euro 16, you had fans of all countries singing that as well.
1: Yeah, it was insane. Um, like I said, we had a we had a warm up game before we actually went to the Euros against I think it was Belarus, and uh, that was like our, our last game before we went to France. And uh, I managed to score in about the 80th minute and uh, Windsor Park. I don't know if you've ever been, but the atmosphere is insane, and the, the Northern Irish fans are unbelievable. So uh, that was sort of a good send off for myself and for the team. And then you arrive in France, and we played Germany. I think in the second game and uh, like gone out to warm up just before the game and there was like four screens and one in each corner and we uh, were just warming up casually and then uh, all the lyrics started coming on to the song and I was like oh no here we go um, and then obviously Northern Ireland fans started singing it all the German fans I think it was like a 55,000 sell out and it was uh, I think that was the most surreal moment at the time I feel like a rock star Will a little bit yeah and all, all the lads were like sort of looking at me and I was just trying to get my head down you know carry on staying professional and all the lads were just laughing at me so uh yeah, that was a strange moment. How
3: was that tournament for you personally? Because you didn't, probably didn't play as much as you wanted to.
1: No, yeah, really frustrating. Uh, obviously, brilliant experience and uh, something I'm really lucky and and privileged to have been to. But yeah, I think the the way the way the season had gone, I think I'd scored tw- I think it was 28 that season, and you know, there's a lot of times in in a couple of those games that we needed a goal and. I personally felt that like, there was no other person to do that. It and, was, uh, was McGuinness, wasn't it? It was tentative to be coming on, wasn't yeah, it? Wasn't there it? Was, uh, yeah, the, the Wales game was frustrating. I think we had three strikers on the pitch, and obviously I wasn't. And It was a bit of a strange one. A little bit how we played. We played back to front a little bit, and uh, I think the manager just thought that didn't suit me, which which was fair enough.
3: But um, yeah, that's always something that I'd be disappointed yeah, with. You also throw a goal scorer on the one, don't you? That happened to Kevin Phillips in Euro 2000. Did, yeah. He went with the England squad, and we were all chuffed for him. And he'd scored like thirty goals in the Premier League, mm-hmm. on the Golden Boot, and then England Keegan wouldn't even throw him on at all, would he? At any point, no.
2: yeah. we had got good strikers, then as well, we've seven or eight decent strikers. And obviously, he went, and he would never get a never get a kick. But
0: it's strange. Imagine it's- him playing
3: with the, with the service of people like um, Beckham and skulls, and that, or Phillips.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: Well, I mean, comparing that now, I mean, you, you come here, you've obviously been training with, you know, McGeady, for example, who many argue shouldn't be playing in League One. You know, I mean, you must be relishing, you, you obviously used to, you've answered the question about the fact you're used to playing up top on your own and used to playing with three behinds, three people, three attacking players who can rotate. Mm-hmm. And we've got so many options in that area, you must be really excited about, you know, the prospect, the, the chances that you're going to get potentially, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um obviously I knew a few of the players just from playing against them or watching them throughout the years, but today was my, my first real session and like you said, you know, you can see the quality already and you know also the the strength in depth. There's so many players that can play in that in that three behind. So like I said, McGee got unbelievable quality but there's there's also loads of loads of talent throughout the team. Obviously George as well, Honeyman and there's uh, a few new boys out there as well. So it's uh it's exciting times and like you said, I'm just looking forward
3: to getting out there. And you're back into a a promotion battle now and obviously with the four years you've had at Wigan that's what it's been for you promotion relegation battles because Wigan are almost like a yo-yo team between those two divisions so
1: yeah I haven't had uh, it's always been entertaining one way or the other I think throughout my career so uh yeah, it's um, it's something that I know, something that I've done, and uh, I think that was part of the reason to bring me here. You know, I've got that experience that I can I can help in the dressing room as well. There's a few young lads. I think there's a good mix of youth and obviously experience as well. So if that's something that I can help with, I'll, I'll be pleased to.
2: I mean, you've met obviously you met Jack and had conversations with him before joining. Him. I mean, we can get into the discussion about how you know you ended up here. You know, if you want, in a little while. But looking at the history of the last few years, you've been like Steve was saying, up and down. Um, with Wigan and I think it was about 30 appearances you made the last time you were in the championship yeah. and you've made about 10, 15, 12 appearances this season Yeah. Um, does it frustrate you that you, you haven't been given maybe the opportunity you'd like it in the championship after being so prolific in this level? And
1: yeah definitely it, <clears throat> I think both seasons I've actually started really well I think the, the first season at Wigan I think I was I was about 4-9 and nine, I think at the start and then Obviously, change of manager, change of system, change of a lot of changes to be honest, and that uh, it became a frustrating period. Um, I'm not saying I was playing my best sort of football because over the Christmas period I wasn't, um, and then I picked up my sort of first serious injury. and It was really disappointing time. Um, we should never have gone down that year. It was it was just a, it was a bit of a mess to be honest. I think for for different reasons, um, and then obviously this season, like I said, started well again in and around the playoffs, and then we just sort of picked up four injuries at your front four and it went downhill from there um, for me as well personally I was away from Northern Ireland and then I was out for another six weeks but um, I think I left there for four goals and ten starts so you know it's it's not, not the worst stat but um, like I said it is frustrating because I, I just for injuries for change of manager for different reasons I just haven't quite got a, uh, got, got a run.
3: Is there a manager you've worked for so far who you'd say has got the best out of you? and really understand you as a person, as a player?
1: Um, I couldn't actually pinpoint one, to be honest, because I've had loads. You uh, could just score reg- regardless. <laughs> just <manage. laughs> no, no, no. I've, <laughs> I just, I genuinely wouldn't want to say, obviously. I've had Dean Smith at Warsaw, Carl Robinson. They were all brilliant for me, and I've had successful times. Um, Gary Caldwell the first year at Wigan, and then obviously now Paul Cook. So, you know, they've all managed to, to get some really good seasons out of me, and like I said, I've enjoyed all of them.
3: And how early... Did you know about the interest from Sunderland? Um, I think it was about
1: the first, the f- probably just coming up to the second week with the first bid and stuff in like January, that. In so January, yeah? Yeah, just January. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh,
3: Do you speak to Max Power a lot still when he Yeah, here? Yeah,
1: I always kept uh, kept in touch with Max Power and Reese James because obviously we've still got a car school chat from Wigan and uh, Reese James is still in that because he was, he was part of it. So yeah, I've always kept in touch.
3: Okay. And um, how early did you make your mind up that you wanted to,
1: to make that move? Uh, it's never quite as simple as that um, you know there's so many factors that go into a transfer it's it's not the case of whether you just want to go or not um, obviously knew of the interest but at the end of the day I was still a Wigan player so I was trying yeah, but
3: to you, you could turn that you can still turn the move down if you want to what I mean is in um, your own mind did you think yeah I fancy that
1: when there's when there's a chance of a, a, the size of a club like Sunderland with you know the fan base of history it's you can't just nip it in the bud it's never easy to just say you know well no I don't want to go and, and obviously that was never the case because here I am
3: did you watch Netflix? I
1: did. Yeah, I watched the Netflix uh, documentary. When did you watch it? You didn't
3: watch it. Just you didn't just binge watch it after you would heard we were interested. No, no, definitely
1: yep. not. I watched it when it came out actually, and uh, yeah, it gave me a little bit of an insight into the club before uh, before I made the plans. it didn't put you off. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. It's uh, I think you know the club is in a different place
3: back then, and uh, <laughs> it's yeah, so it's it's nice to be. Here. Do you think um, footballers? I mean. Maybe not the case for you as much, because you know, I, I can tell just by talking to you that you're, you're confident in your own abilities. You don't want to pinpoint any credit to one manager over another. And you obviously um, spoke about how you think you can play it up front by yourself or in a pair. But do you think in general players take stuff like that into consideration of when they maybe move to a club? Or sometimes do you think they just like the sound of it? Or they like what contract they're getting offered? Um, because you see all the time players go to a certain club and it just wasn't the right move for them tactically or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you got put out in the left wing mm-hmm. in one case.
1: Um, I think it, it depends what sort of person you are. There's obviously so many factors. Like I said, it can be a financial thing for one person. It can be a logistical thing, or it can be a tactical thing. Um, there's so many reasons. But in terms of me personally, it was it was an opportunity to be part of a massive a massive club, a massive opportunity um, to get back to to where the club wants to be and should be.
3: And uh, I guess we're all aiming for promotion um, you can't take anything for granted it's, it's, it's hotter than up that isn't it with it, four teams all looking for the uh, the top two, you've got experience going up but I guess you you, you must be thinking you've got something to, to prove to some people as well that w- if we do step up then you don't become this player who just is known as a specialist in, in League One and you want to go keep going up with the club and rising and you sign a long contract at the end of the day.
1: Yeah definitely like you said I think you nipped it there uh, the three and a half year deal. I wouldn't have signed that if if it was just a case of getting promoted. Uh, obviously, the short term short term goal is to get promoted this season, and you know we'll be doing our best to do that. Um, and then after that, that would potentially leave me with three years and about a year in the Championship, and you don't know what happens from there. But yeah, I've I've definitely got something to prove personally, uh, not necessarily for anyone else, but you know I just I want to have a full season in the Champ because I believe I'm I'm good enough to to be there and score goals at that level.
2: Has Jack spoken to you about? you know improving because you know from what we've heard he's really into sort of getting all the players and and trying to make them better you know and is is that something he's sporting you about and seeing you know how what can we do what what's my vision for you in that three and a half years what can I get out of Will Greg? is that something he's sporting you about
1: yeah he's he's obviously mentioned the championship side of things as well it's it's not the case of just getting us promoted this year and then that'll be it um like I said I think the length of contract shows that um and like I said about the intensity in training you can clearly see he's trying to improve everyone um, and I'm sure i will be part of that and there's so many factors in my game that can improve and I'm sure he'll be trying to do that so uh, yeah I think the one thing that sort of stood out is is the intensity around the place uh, he's never happy with you know mediocrity he wants to he wants to push everyone to their limits whether that's with your stats or anything he's, he's really keeping everyone on your toes Do
3: you visualise stuff well because we mentioned there. That- Stephen Elliott who we know very well used to visualise that I remember Jermaine Defoe um, before we the the season Sunderland stayed up in Newcastle got relegated just like remind people of that from the Premier League and Jermaine Defoe was talking about before the last couple of games um, he was saying I've already visualised myself scoring the goal that keeps us up in, in the red and white and the fans going crazy and stuff. Is that something you do or not?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um everyone's different but I've always I've always liked visualisation. Um as soon as I get to a stadium I like to walk on the pitch as as most of the players do. Um but yeah, I'm sure you'll probably see it. I like to just sort of walk in, in front of each goal and, and visualise me scoring a a different goal, whether it's a tap in which I like or a little a little bit of a long distance one. But yeah, I like to uh I always like to visualise, and even when I was at the game Saturday watching, I was having a little look around the stadium, you know, just uh, trying, to, trying to imagine and, and feel what I would like to,
3: to be yeah, out there. In those red and white stripes, scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought about it already. I mean, if you spoke to fans, certainly from the same era as me and Gareth Alder, and you said, list off some of your favourite Sundown players, I think, and I just jotted this down off the top of my head, and I think most fans would agree Michael Gabidini, Kevin Phillips, Niall Quinn, should have been Darren Bent. If it didn't end in a certain way. Um Jumaine Defoe, four. And there's one thing all of those people have in common, isn't there?
1: It certainly is, yeah.
3: And that's scoring goals. Yep. So that must be something that excites you as well because centre forwards are well remembered here.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think everyone everyone loves goals. It's what wins your games and it's
3: what gets remembered. So uh
1: yeah, I'm uh, I'm not taking this this lightly. I know it's a massive opportunity to to, to be a legend at such a massive club and those names are, are unbelievable and you know to to even talk about being mentioned with those is is a massive honour but I've um, got a lot of work to do and you know obviously we'll, I'll do my best I, I've said I'll give everything
3: I've got while I'm here and, we'll see yeah, what and you're not you're not put off by this pressure at all because no, you're, sign, you're signing for a club and everybody well, everybody's say, thinking I mean. everyone's just saying right well now we've got a goal scorer we love a goal scorer here <coughs> and you are almost expected just to do I mean, it. this is yeah.
2: this isn't like uh, you know trying to sound big-headed or whatever, but it is a case of you've played for, you know, Walsall, Brentford, MK, Dons, Wigan, Sunderland's, like, a different... And that like I said, it's, it's impossible to sound not disrespectful because it is a little bit disrespectful, but ultimately, I mean, there's pe- have people spoken to me about the bubble? People, You know, this northeast bubble and... Like the golf It's, it's, it's just, it is, it's football... It's, you know, yeah. Wiggins is like a bit of a rugby frown. Don't try to freak him out, Gareth, he seems to be taking <laughs> this in his stride. Up you the... know, people talk about <laughs> it all the time and, and and it's a, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing. I mean, it, 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 it it's like nowhere else. I mean, loads of people will say that. If you get the opportunity to go and play in the North East, um, especially if you be successful, people are just like, you know, get yourself up there. I mean, you must have spoken to Max about it and, and Reese. not love people like that.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for that as well. Uh that's really <laughs> it's all pressure at all. At all. Yes, it's but no, right. right. I did I get I that get nicely. It's even worse <laughs> when you got bits of pie <laughs> spinning at the back of your neck <laughs> on the touchline. No, you're right. I'm I'm fully aware. I know it's uh, I think that's what it comes with it being such a massive club with, with the history, like I've said. Um, you know, it's an honour to be here and I understand the pressure that's that on on myself and on all the players. Um and obviously there's so many factors in that, the price tag, etc but it's something that I won't let phase me. Um, I'm a footballer. As soon as you cross the white line, you have to try and forget those and focus on your job. So, you know I, know, I know it's going to be difficult and there's loads of pressure, like you said. There's loads of expectation, but, you know, all I can do is is do my best and I'll, I'll be making sure I do that to to try and be remembered, to try and be successful and, and be
3: everything that the people want me to be. We've got some questions from um, some of our listeners through Twitter. Um, Dan Embleton asks... Would you rather be put through on goal one on one with time to think about it, or fed the ball fifteen yards out and just hit it first time?
1: Um, personally, first time. I think if you watch a lot of my goals, uh, predominantly first time finishes. But uh, I think uh, I think most people have probably seen the city goal and have taken a few touches and had to run quite far for that. But it's a mixture of both. For yeah, the finish it, from distance and a yeah, run as well. Bit of a strange one. Might not see many of those, but uh, yeah, um, a lot of my goals are in the box. I wasn't
3: going to ask this, but loads of people asking it. So I feel like we've got a responsibility to our listeners to do it. A lot of people asking you if you've heard the comments from Paul Cook. I think he's doing a fans forum recently, and he and he said something. A lot was it along the lines of that he said that you, that you you made believe, a joke yeah. about you couldn't believe how much Sunderland would paying for your stuff. I'm sure he was just trying to please the Wigan fans in that situation. Yeah, I'm sure the gaffer
1: the gaffer is, gaff is clever. He has to say he has to say what he needs to say. And it's
3: just one of those things. Maybe you're being humble. <laughs> I can't believe paying that much for me. I thought it was a bargain, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll all be fine. Uh, Leith Black Cat is saying, and it's obviously relevant to your Wigan days, I guess, because it's something. this links into something we're all questioning ourselves about this squad. Should we be lucky enough, or not lucky enough, good enough to get promoted? And he's saying, when you're playing, do you notice a difference in quality between League One and the Championship? Um, to a certain extent, I think the football is very different. Um
1: it depends where you are at. I think there's a lot of teams in League One that would do I'd say not, I wouldn't know this year but in terms of the times that I've been at the top four in League One could easily compete in the championship and I think that's been the case the the sort of lower end of the championship wouldn't necessarily get promoted from, from League One so there is a difference obviously the top of the champ is is uh, you have some very good teams some, some very good players um, but there's obviously a difference physicality the style of football is different, um, so there is a little bit of a difference, but it's, it's not
3: massive. How does this squad of players compare when you've looked at the tra- I and mean, you've had one day of training with them? Uh, you watched us play one game against Wimbledon. Where we didn't play really well, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but training with these guys is where you, you notice how good they are. I guess.
1: Yeah, there's some some real really really good quality, um, some good talent in the group. Uh, like I said before, you've got a good mix of uh, young hungry lads, and then you've got the experienced. Experienced boys as well, but um, yeah, I've been really impressed in the in the three days I've been here, and it's uh, it's really sort of positive for me.
3: SFC North Yorkshire asks, do you think it's wrong that his wife bans him from singing your song in his house? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely wrong. He should always be allowed to sing it. How longs you been singing it for? (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, when I said, "Has anybody got anything to say at will?" Um, Greg, my wife actually said as well. Tell him I think he's fit. so <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice little one for you there. Um, Mrs C Goldsmith was it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not giving him the Twitter handle or anything. But I'm just leaving it <laughs> at that. Um, you mentioned Indian food over Chinese food. Yeah. Luke Richardson sends. Ask him what your favorite curry is. Oh, I'm pretty boring chicken tikka masala. Yeah. That's what we get but we get it hotter because it's not very really hot is it Yeah, no, it's not. Like, oh, hot. he thinks no. he's hard because he gets a hot <laughs> curry. oh yeah oh, really hard <laughs> yeah he does, he does he always goes on about it <laughs> Jack Talbot saying if there's one thing Jack Colback did you say <laughs> Talbot he's blocked I was going to say <laughs> if there's one thing you could achieve during your time at Sunderland what would it be
1: um, getting them back to the Premier League
3: Good answer. Yeah, it is a good Thanks answer. answer. <laughs> I was trying to find a question. A couple of people were mentioning Gareth's fleece again. It's not out. It's not out today.
2: There is a burn on it. I was going to do like say it would be in a funny bit, to uh, take a photo and say that there's a burn on it because Will Griggs done it. I don't know if it's been present in the in the previous and we didn't need it today because we're in a nice, lovely soft room. So.
3: W- which is where the magic the fleece is. It's almost like it's been right, designed and you? built in a certain
2: it way. Is, it? it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good do, idea, that isn't
3: it. Do you think you're gonna be fit for the weekend, Will?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I should be involved. Uh, to what extent that is, I'm not sure. It's obviously up to the manager and everyone to decide that. But um had a good day's training today. I'm sure will have a good day tomorrow and then be looking to push on from there. Are I
2: mean, you last t- well, last time, you. Didn't you score a hat trick at Oxford? And uh, well, Gareth, Gareth, Gareth,
3: thrown, Gareth, thrown in all these things like. You know, he, I think it was Carl I think, Robinson's yeah. obviously the manager. Somebody, as well, so. more, somebody with a bit more, somebody authority than Samson over there <laughs> would, have, would have stepped in by now. I think. Yeah, I think
1: I mentioned that yesterday. It was. Uh, I think we won 7-0 no, I scored a hat trick. about 64. I think
3: Max Powell got a couple as well. To yeah, yeah, be human, if you don't score thirty goals, no, <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm not. I'm no not be the one but, human.
2: I'm. I'm. I'm calm. I'm calm. So I mean, you got the prospect as well. You got. If we get to the checker trade final, it's twenty games. I know you've mentioned ten goals, you know it'd be alright it'd be canny to score a couple in the final at Wembley as well. I mean you played in yeah. the checker trade before. I mean, how far have you ever got as far as the semis in the Czechostrade trade in, in previous? Uh, no,
1: no, I've never, never really had a good run in the uh, in the of trade, So obviously, that's something that'll be new to me. And
3: you might not know yet this, but are the players talking about that already? Trip, the possible trip to Wembley, do you know? Um, I
1: couldn't tell you that. Yeah. I'm sure it's been it's been floated around a little bit in the dressing room. Um, I'm sure it's always <laughs> in the back of your mind. But yeah, when it when it comes to it, we'll focus on that.
3: Are your family up yet, Will?
1: Uh, no, in Wilms at the moment. Um, they'll be staying there, down there for the short term and. Uh, well, I just get my get my feet in the building and get settled here.
3: And are you speaking to people about good places to live and look, or do you get to just pay somebody else to do all of it?
1: <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I speak to everyone. Uh, obviously, the club have got some some great people to help me out as well, so made it nice and easy. And obviously, I can find out from the lads. So, yeah, well, uh, I'll be doing that. In it's the for your keen, sort of time
3: This is something you keen to have happen quickly. Do you do you need to feel like you you're at home? quickly or? Uh,
1: Yeah, I'd like to get my own place, sort of as quick as possible. Uh, I'm not a very exciting person, to be honest. I'm just pretty much training, home, PlayStation, Netflix, all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, I'll be. Um, it is something that I need to get sorted, but it's not. Uh, it's not major.
0: Oh.
2: So when Darren Bent was here, he um, bought a telly. He was living in the ho- he was living in um, the Hilton in Gateshead. Bought a telly for the for his room. Obviously, the one in there wasn't big enough, and he just left it when he when he <laughs> when he moved out. I certainly might be doing that. I've yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, we should have known, shouldn't we?
3: We're hoping for a different kind of character at the club. Yeah, man. exactly. Think we've we are. It anyway? <laughs> we were you are. never like a wild child or anything? Never? No, <laughs> unfortunately. Party not. Or no, no, no. Don't no. you unfortunately. Not. It's, it's, you <laughs> no, are where yeah. you are now because. you, did, because <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't make that choice
1: Hopefully, yeah, and uh, I've got a young family as well, so no, I'm. Uh, the, those days uh,
3: have gone. So looking forward to a trip to Wembley in the check of trade and. To win the league if we can. Is that the aim for the season? Yeah, it's got to be the aim. Uh,
1: like you said, the short term aim and it's a it's a pretty good one to have. Um to get promotion and obviously a trip to Wembley that we'd we'd want to win would be a, a fantastic season.
3: Okay. You've got anything else, to ask or We we'll let Will get back to us. No, his. no. His hotel, his hotel room, room. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks <Doesn't> make, <laughs> don't make it sound as glamorous yeah. <laughs> like it's Alan, not it's yeah. actually hotel room like television the, the, That is it. he's, well, it the,
2: he's <laughs> at the Linton Travel Tavern yeah. if you're an Alan Partridge fan that's that's where he stays so, uh, yeah. a good distance
3: the yeah, I, am, uh, yeah. I, mean, I have fans outside the window I was, sh- sh- <laughs> was going to yeah. say I write, do you let shouldn't have said that we cut that out write your room number down we'll get some people to turn up there we'd like to thank you for coming on it's been an honour to have you on Will and we're all behind you and I'm sure it'll be a success No pressure (laughs) at
1: all. (laughs) No, thanks so much for having me and uh, I look forward to scoring a few goals.